listening to Good Looking Out, episode 39, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. Santos. What's it, up? Well, what's up is winter. Yeah. Just winter town. Goose me right <laughs> in the fucking rear. So yesterday I left the house, didn't even wear a jacket. Yeah. Today, foot of snow in northern Minnesota. What the? I mean, we obviously didn't get a foot of snow here in Minneapolis, but like. Yeah. I um before I put the girls to bed, we do a thing sort of every night where like each Nicole and I each spend like twenty minutes doing with each of them whatever they want to do. Fun. It's like yeah. a connection time sort of thing. Yeah. And Vivian wanted to go out in the backyard and make a snowman. So we went out and made a snowman and then I went out in the front yard uh because Nicole went out to sort of continue with her. Yeah. Uh, and then Helen and I went out in the front yard and had a snowball fight. Really? So yeah. God, yeah, it's here. First, first snow. You know, they they had that first snow excitement. So, wow. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel like a even crankier old <laughs> fucking fart. That like you're out like enjoying the winter, and I'm just like motherfucker. It's fucking yeah. Because I have nothing. We kind of got spoiled. I, it was like oh 65 degrees two days ago. Or it was whatever. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's been. Nuts. It's kind of like the story around the nation. It's not just here. Like I no, saw people yeah. posting um, from Colorado. Like it was 80 degrees yesterday, and now there's a blizzard. You know, totally. Like, I know. Just swooped in super fast. I mean, typical. That's typical for Minnesota. It's yeah. like fall one day and winter the next. Boom. Yeah, man. I'm just, I got none of my shit. Like, I got nothing. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. Like, I have no gloves. I don't know I where my any gloves. I all that stuff out. I mean, I, I have my where it is. fucking sport tires in my car. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like un- unfit to drive that thing around, even with traction control. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I don't know where. Do I even have a hat anymore? Gloves? Oh, I don't fucking God. know. North Face loves oh, this part shit. of the year. Because you're, oh, you're like, God. what did I do with those? It's like. Gloves. I I can always find one glove. Oh yeah, you know. And then just like what the. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the string through the arms like a fucking kindergarten kid, <laughs> and just let that shit yeah. dangle. Do you ever have those like metal clips when you were a kid in like the? 80s? Oh yeah, I remember you know, that. You would just clip your mittens or whatever. Like not all the kids would make fun of you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially I have to imagine you know where you grew up. Oh yeah. What are you? What are you? Fag queer? It's a fag tag. <laughs> yeah, fag tag. Nice. Totally. Oh yeah. Fucking love that. But yeah, man. Other than that, I'm good, man. You know, Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving, right? Oh, hell yeah. It's the best one. What are you? Are you cooking up anything special for Thanksgiving, dude? I don't know. We got some travel, um, kind of unexpected. So I think I actually at first I was gonna just buy Thanksgiving dinner, but now I'm coming back around, and I think. Like, we're staying with some friends, and they got a nice big kitchen. Mm. So I think what I might do is fuck the turkey. I might just buy, like, I might just buy a cooked turkey. Like, oh, you know what just fucking dawned on me? You know what the the move is? I have to look this up. I heard, I think, is it Popeye's? Or I think it's Popeye's. You can order deep-fried turkeys. Really? Yeah. I am just remembering this because my buddy Sean did it last year. You, you just and they like they go up, they go to like twelve pounds, so you get two, one for the face and one for sandwiches. Right, and you pick that shit up at the drive-through. 
Seriously? He fucking drove. Yeah, he called it in and went through the drive-thru and got fucking deep-fried turkeys, whole deep-fried turkeys from Popeye's. If it's not Popeye's, then I don't know who the fuck else it would be because it was a national chain. Yeah, I mean, the move there, too, would be that you get, like, the biscuits and the potatoes because they have awesome biscuits and awesome, like, potatoes, potatoes with, like, spicy really gravy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is this what I'm going to do? <laughs> Thanksgiving Popeyes Thanksgiving. Every year from now, Jack's going to be like, where's the, <laughs> yeah, where's Popeyes? Where are the biscuits and spicy mashed potatoes? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, man, we'll see. Actually, that I might do. And then I'll, and then I'll cook. You know, I'll, I'll do my normal, like I'll do stuffing and, you know, whatever else I do. I don't know what the fuck I'll do. I do potatoes and I do some kind of veg. Yeah. Green beans or something. Right on. Gravy. You gonna you gonna smoke some shit? Um, so I have the in laws coming this Sunday, so a few days before actual Thanksgiving. Uh, and I'm going to do a turkey in the pit barrel cooker. So pit barrel cooker is like a vertical sort of charcoal smoker mm. for those that don't know. And you know, like hang this thing and it convection cooks like over the charcoal heat. And it's because it's like not direct heat and all the um, fat is just dripping down and burning back up, you know, on those coals. Like the meat, anything you cook in this just stays really moist and tender and amazing. So I've done steaks. I've done chickens. Like, awesome. I've never done a turkey. This would be my first time doing a oh, turkey. Oh, really? But, like, supposedly it makes an amazing turkey. So I bet it does, yeah. I mean, all the math is right. Yeah. How, how big of a bird? I'm going to go somewhere north of 12, I think. Oh yeah, twelve to sixteen. Sure, yeah, that's a, that's a standard. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll fit as big a twenty. I might. I'll either do a twelve and a breast, and do them both at the same time, or mm. do like a sixteen. Is Minnesota the biggest turkey producing state in America? It's up there. It's got to be up there. Yeah, a lot of fucking turkeys around here. A lot where, of turkeys. Where, where where are the, where are those turkey farms? Uh, some of them are as close by, close by as Olatana. They're near here? Yeah. Not too far out. Farmington, Owatonna, all all around in there. Huh. A lot of wild turkeys, man. Oh, yeah. Fucking everywhere. I mean, in the city, too. They're mean. you got to watch out for those wild turkeys. Are they mean? Oh, yeah. They're mean as hell. I mean, chase cops back into their cop cars and cops firing guns at them and stuff. <laughs> no, no joke. Like, Seriously? I've seen news stories about it, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, beware the wild turkey, motherfucker. I, that's I, I don't They're know why. Aggressive. Shit, man. Especially around your kids, man. Yeah, because we go to we we are in the cemetery all the time, the um the Lakewood Cemetery. Yeah. Which anybody in Minneapolis, that place is a treasure. It's amazing. It's a it's like a huge park. It's incredible. So beautiful. We're in there all the time, and um. He, I always got him chasing the turkeys. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and they run. And I've never, and I've never like. They've never, n- none of them have like turned around and gone after him? No. Maybe no. you just have, maybe, maybe only some of them are super mean or something. I don't know. Yeah, right. But, like a goose or something. Because some geese are, or swans. Swans are meaner than a motherfucker. Really? Yeah. Swan will fuck you up. Huh. But, but turkey, those turkeys are fucking big. Yeah. Fucking cops <laughs> shooting them. <laughs> Crazy shit. So I, I've i got something I've been really excited to tell you about. Oh, yeah? It's a doc. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called The Witness. Have you watched this? 
No. So um, there was a, a super, super famous murder case in Queens in New York City in the 60s. Uh, this woman, Kitty Genovese, was stabbed on the street. Oh, you, you know about this, right? Because when, it, no, when everybody heard it? Yeah. And allegedly yes. there were like 43 witnesses that just allegedly watched out their window while not only was this woman stabbed, she was stabbed. She called out for help. No one came and helped her. She tried to get around Man, the corner yep. into her apartment building. And the guy, when he realized that no one was going to come help her, the cops weren't come, came back and finished killing her. Yeah. It took like 20 minutes. Yeah, it was crazy. This was in the 60s. 60s, yep, like 63. Yeah. So um, this was a huge, I mean, 25 years later or whatever, they were still running news stories about this. People wrote books. It was um, made it into sociology textbooks. It was, yeah, about like cultural diffusion phenomenon. of responsibility and all sorts of like, yep. yeah, massive global yeah. New story. Yeah. And the guy who ended up writing the initial story on it in the New York Times ended up becoming super famous. Now, let me, let me not to interrupt, but let me, just so I know if I did see the movie or not, because I'm very familiar with the story. Tell me, is the movie her brother? It's her brother. Yes. Okay. And Yes, yeah. I have seen this. Okay. And it's fascinating Continue. because, so the whole thing is an investigation of what actually happened. Because when you start to look at how the story was covered and you start to look at what they're saying in it, you're like, this actually doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so what it is is him digging into trying to talk to any witnesses that are still alive um, and investigating what happened. Like, how did this thing... Because uh, what you don't realize at first and you start to come to it is... um, when the documentary opens, you're sort of introduced to him, and he's telling the story, and he's in a wheelchair, and he doesn't have any legs. So what happened was, because of this story of his sister being murdered and none of these people watching, when the Vietnam War came around, he felt like, I can't be like these people that didn't save my sister. I need to be someone who oh goes God, and right. defends this country. So he signed up at, in, in the Marines and went to Vietnam and lost his legs. And so now he's finding out, like, oh, this might not actually be this story that basically changed the course of my life about what happened to my sister may not be true. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. And he, like he gets access because, you know, I mean, he doesn't have a, an agenda. This isn't, no, this isn't he's just like, trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. It's, so it's extremely personal for him, obviously. Yeah. And in his, he and his sister were very close too. Yeah, and he, he has two other brothers as well. Yeah, who are still alive, and they talk about like what they remembered at the time. And one of his brothers was like ten, uh, the youngest brother when it happened, and he was like, "Yeah, I just went and lived with the neighbors for like four months or something." Remind me what it was like. It was a breakdown of like, like because basically what it was was media like frenzy. Of yes. like turning in the streets of New York are so like people are so cold right. and so uncaring. Yes. This is the city. Yeah, of, this is how callous we've gotten, and yeah. they selectively ended up using certain witness testimony and not others, and they used some of their statements, and so they they shaped the news the news story. They shaped the story of this woman's death basically to 
play up that story. At least yeah. that's kind of what the investigation is. Did they do that? I don't want to spoil the whole documentary for people, but it was yeah, that's a really good one. Um yeah, what a unique perspective too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the Crazy good call story. out, man. Yeah, I I forgot about that thing. That one, that one's so. That's a good one. I totally forgot about that. How about you? What have you been watching? Um, I've been watching. I've been watching. I've had some pretty good screen time lately. Um, I've been watching. Um, so they've been doing on movie. Um, they've had a, a couple of. They did a little Johnny Toe. Oh, nice. Um, double feature, which is badass. So watched um, Full-Time Killer, which I'd never seen, and Breaking News, which I had seen before. Um, and those are just badass. For anybody who doesn't know, Johnny Toe is a Chinese um, film director, does a lot of uh, like triad-type stuff, um, gangster pictures, um, crime, and, um, he has a a really big cult following, he's oddly, he's done really well in the Western world, he's done really well in China, like, he's a very successful filmmaker, he's got dozens of pictures, um, Breaking News is one of his most famous, um, it's a, oddly enough, another, um, story about media kind of manipulation in a different way, but... Um, it starts, the thing with breaking news is it starts with, um, what's considered, I mean, everybody talks about the, um, the, uh, the Steadicam shot in Goodfellas, but, um, as being like, and it, it is, that thing, that shot is out of control, it's amazing, but the, the steady, the shot that opens up, uh, it's not a Steadicam shot, it's a crane shot that opens up breaking news. Is like, it's, this the breaking news opens with like a 10 minute one and it's one shot on a crane, and it's fucking incredible. And it's a, it open it opens up and you see all the players and you see everybody on the street and this gun battle unfolds. Hmm. And, uh, it's killer. Um, so, and super fun. Like, yeah, it's, I, Love Johnny Toe. I think he is, you know, you hear a lot about certain sort of Hong Kong action filmmakers and you don't hear a ton about him over here. Like, yeah. And I, I talked about before he made this film because he has these films set in Macau. Um, he like does oh a lot God, with the right. island of Macau. Yeah. And he has this film called Vengeance that's, that's got this French actor, Johnny Halliday, who comes and his daughter is married to a Chinese guy and their whole family ends up getting murdered and he comes to like figure out what happened and um, gets hooked up with these guys who are sort of like gangsters who basically vow to sort of help him like avenge his daughter and just the way it unfolds and the whole thing and his relationship and how it develops with these guys is just so unique like you just don't see films yeah like that over here it's a really unusual, very unique story in a way where you watch it and you're like, I don't think I've ever quite seen anything like this. Right. Um, I remember you talking about so this. Yeah, I've he, never seen that. He's an interesting guy, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's super I've seen a couple of his films, the one set in Macau, and they were both really interesting. The guy is, the guy is fucking... He's amazing, man. He's, he's so great. So, you, you gotta check out Johnny Toe. Um... 
any any listener yeah. of of this podcast or if you're into the shit that we talk about, like Johnny Toe is is right in the middle of all of it. It's so like, uh, J O H N N I E last name T O Johnny Toe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks. Um, he it, that it's some bad shit. It's yeah. fucking killer, man. It's. So yeah, great. It's definitely some like under the radar shit for a Western audience. You know, it's like yep. this is the stuff that people like Quentin Tarantino are watching to get inspired. That's exactly right. Yep. Exactly right. So you know, Mubi just continues to fucking be my North Star. Um I've also been watching we should probably hit on um you wanna talk about Westworld? You've been watching Westworld? Yeah, let's talk about Black Mirror first, actually. Oh, okay. Because we haven't cool. talked about that. I mean, we yeah. we talked up like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and we haven't talked about it since it came out. I'm assuming you've watched the whole thing by now. I have not. I've been Ooh. savoring them. I've just, I've only seen two. Oh. I'm saving you're, them. You're, you're missing out then, because I think the third one is the best Black Mirror episode ever. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you serious? Yeah. 100% serious. Bold, and I wouldn't be bold, surprised. Bold. I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if I'm not the only person who thinks that. Wow. Okay. So um, I'm so bad. Uh, remind me of the first one. What was the first one? Do you uh, remember the first one. It's a was, basic premise. The first one was the one that opens up on the woman, and everyone has a score, and they're rated by other people constantly. So good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So fucking good. Um, and sorry, the the second one, the video game one, the like super intense, realistic video game. Yes. Which of course I love cause I'm a gamer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anything that's like, you know, about pushing the bounds of gaming and yep. doing all that stuff. That one was okay. Yeah. It was, it, it was interesting in that, like it was, you know, the future of, you know, AR, VR, whatever, you know what I yep. mean? And it was interesting in that, but as a, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, to me, I think a lot of people, I saw some stuff on Twitter, people saying like, eh, I don't know if it's as good um, as previous, but I'm telling you, to in my mind, the third episode makes it worth and I think there are other good episodes, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think if they had just come out and said, here's the new season of Black Mirror, it's this one episode, I would have kind of been like, what the fuck? And then I would have watched it and been like, oh, yeah, that was worth it. Oh, my God. I, so doesn't it figure that I've fucking stopped before that <laughs> one, before we talk about it? Well, shit, man. I, you, you know, because I love that show so much. Um, like, I just kind of haven't allowed myself to... I've been saving them. Burn through it. Yeah, I've been saving them like There's, chocolates under a pillow. Have you l- glanced at the Amazon interface recently? I never. Oh, sorry, at, not I the never, Amazon. Sorry, the Netflix interface. Do you know how many new fucking Netflix original series there are right insane. now? Insane. It is completely insane. Like it, it's it, it's it's raining down. Like I can't keep my fucking head around it, and I feel like I mean, a little bit. It's almost like every time you open the browser, you're like, shit. <laughs> there's like another. There's this thing about, like, the Queen of England now that I haven't even, like, clicked on. I'm just like, look at all this stuff. And yeah, that one look, kind of looks badass. Huh. Uh, that one looks good. That one looks pretty good. Yeah. I uh, like the looks of that one. Yeah. You're into the royals, so. I'm into that shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm into the royals. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, man, I'm, I, I'm psyched now. I'm, I'm going to watch it tonight for sure. So, um, speaking of more original content, I got I gotta throw a couple more out that I've been watching recently. Will you, that, that will you please, before out. you do, will, oh. you, will you talk about this wine for a second? Absolutely. I'm dying to have, Eric's got this bottle of wine here and I haven't. So, um, for anyone that doesn't know it, there's an online site called Lot 18. And that, you know, I, it's not like I don't buy bottles of wine locally, but I would say most of the bottles that are currently like in my wine rack come from Lot 18 because they have, uh, really awesome wine. They do really amazing write-ups that sort of tell tell you sort of what to expect. It's pretty easy to like buy wine that you'll know you're going to like. And they sell wine by the bottle, but they also do um, half cases and cases. And they do, they'll do like, you know, themed half cases. Like this is like a best of Italy sort of six, six bottle set. This is a uh-huh. case of a San Giovese for, you know, not, not like a really amazing price per bottle. So I end up going to Lot 18 and a couple other people that are uh, much more into wine than I am, I know, like, have, like, hit the limit that, that like, they can ship to Minnesota. Oh, Lot really? 18 for them. So yeah. it's um, it's a really great site. You can get really great wine. And this is a, uh, a Barolo, a 2007 Barolo. For anyone who doesn't know Italian wine, a Barolo is sort of like – not a, not equivalent in the way it tastes, but equivalent in like status to like something like a Bordeaux. Yes, um, it's exactly. like the Bordeaux of Italian wine. So it's a it's a nicer sort of higher end Italian wine. It's not the kind of thing that you're going to drink when you go out for like an everyday Italian dinner. Um, it's, no, uh, it's just it's a special something, occasion. If you have some guests over and you're having some food and you want to serve a really really nice bottle of Italian wine, you can go for a Barolo. Yep. Um, I got this. Bottle. I think I got like a trio of this wine on there for like a pretty decent price, and really they throw like fifteen dollar off. Like whenever really? I like sleep on it a little bit, they'll like throw fifteen dollar off coupons at me. Oh yeah, so which at least covers the you know, and you can get free shipping if you spend over like a hundred bucks. Which when you're buying half cases of wine, is it not goes that hard pretty to do. quick. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever um when either. When you lived in San Francisco or since um, K&L, were they ever uh, on your radar? I don't think so. K&L wines, no. Because uh-uh. that's, where, that's where I bought all of my wine when I lived in San Francisco um, and have continued to like buy wine from K&L. And um, I'll, have to, I'll have to check out Lot 18. I don't, I don't stock too much wine in the house any longer, but um, Barolo, this is a, a tree. This, this is my favorite Italian oh, varietal. Nice. Yeah, good taste, Santos. Rich, rich taste. You know, pulling me. on your fancy pants in That's the morning. And- oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Champagne taste in the Budweiser budget, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what Lot 18 is good for. Yeah. You know, you. I like. I I feel like I've gotten a really good selection, like a good stockpile of wine for not spending a ton of money. So. Mm. If you're, yeah, it's a nice wine, right? That's a nice wine. That's different than some other... That's... Actually, I haven't had a... Barolo doesn't fucking hit you over the head. It's not like a cab or something that's come. Yeah. It's a little like, more subtle. It, it, yeah. It's, it's kind of in between. It's not the driest wine you're ever going to have, but it's not fruity by any means either. It's sort of like a nice medium yeah. ground. Yeah, I'll drink that shit all day. That's a nice one. Thank you. 
Um, so sorry, I cut you off. Um, you can talk about some original content. Yeah. So uh, Amazon has a um, a couple new shows out that I've been watching. There's a sort of half hour ish comedy, like maybe twenty two to twenty four minutes. You know, it would be a half hour if it had commercials on it was on an actual network, but it's obviously not. It's on Amazon. Uh, so if you've got Amazon Prime, it's free. Uh, it's a British uh, comedy called Fleabag. And it's about this young woman who is sort of living in Britain and just kind of her life is a little bit of a shamble. She's kind of working in this like weird cafe. Um, and it's the kind of story where you'd expect this is going to be about her. Like she's kind of like just about to hit the point in her life where she's, you know, in her, she's in her like maybe early thirties, you know, where she wants to get married and whatever. So this is going to be a story about like a comedy about her trying to find love in London, but it's not, it's not, it, I won't say that it doesn't deal with her relationships, but it is, that is not the main thrust of the show, which I think is one of the things that makes it really unique. It has a very unique style. It's extremely well acted, extremely well written. And they do a thing where she will be talking in dialogue with someone and she'll turn her head like 10 degrees and address the camera, but like in a way that doesn't break the rhythm, like she'll go right into the next line of the conversation. So she does this kind of like breaks the third wall and does these asides or sort of talks to you as the viewer uh, in this really unique way that um, is Interesting. like enhances the show. But also the main thrust is like, she's sort of dealing with the death of like one of her friends who's a female friend that worked at this cafe with her or like co-owned this cafe with her. Like that seems to be the mostly the emotional thrust of like what her really? uh, character is dealing with, which is, so super funny, really dark, like really dark. <laughs> yeah, set in the UK. Set in the UK. Um, in London. In London. You, in London. Yeah. Um, and it's Amazon. Amazon. Yep. Fleabag. Mm-hmm. How many? One. If season? you like, I don't know if it, like if for people who like things like um, catastrophe or Master of None or some of those, it's like. It's darker and much more compact than, say, like a girl's. Like, girl's is sort of meandering and yeah. has a lot of air. And, you know, girl's is fine for what it is. This isn't girl's. Mm-hmm. It's something else. Um, it's much more, like, oh, on okay. it and sort of tight. And uh, <laughs> there's this, oh, uh, God. Yeah, I think it's really fucking funny. All right, actually. cool. Um, it has sort of, like, the kind of, like, body sort of sex humor that girls does, you know, but uh-huh. done in like a, a much less sort of like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe what girls does with sex. Yeah. It's, so like in it's, it's less like in your face and more comedic. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's good. Flea bag. Check it out. <laughs> I'll have to, you know, I might sh- Amazon. I, I have a hard time with just because I don't have like a, you don't have Amazon Prime? Well, I, of course I have Amazon Prime, but, like, I don't have, like, the only way I'm, the only interface I have for Amazon would be, like, on on a laptop, right? Oh, or Do you not have on an iPad? iPad? Yeah. Yes. You, you got to get that. But doesn't it suck? No, you, you have to get the, so the best way to watch it, actually, is on an iPad, because then you can get the Amazon video app, 
and you don't have to deal with the browser interface or any of that. All, All right. the content. So what just, am I doing? Why am I not doing this? I don't know. So you just get the fucking app and then yeah. um, and then open up Amazon for myself. And then it has all the originals and all the shit right there. This is kind of embarrassing. I don't have that. <laughs> yeah, let me start. I, let me start. Yeah, the, the Amazon Amazon away from a computer is actually much better than Amazon like browsing content. Their fucking e-commerce structure. Oh, yeah. it's the worst a fucking nightmare. But yeah. on an iPad, when you can just deal with their just Amazon video with the, app, with the oh app. my god, it's so much better. Does it allow you to download something? Um, it does, I think, actually. Wow, that's, because that's a big thing for me, um, you know, because I travel a lot, and, like, you're on a plane, you can't stream shit, you're in a hotel, and the, and the internet blows. And... I'm, I'm pretty sure that we've downloaded stuff for the girls for plane trips and stuff like that. Really? So I think that it does allow you to do it. Add it to the list, man, I'm going to check that shit out fucking immediately, and Fleabag, for sure. Fleabag, yeah. That's not one, did, did Kaya recommend that? What was the one that Kyra recommended? Oh, that show is amazing. <laughs> okay, I bubblegum. Bubblegum. Yeah. I, oh my god, that show. I freaked I out. I fucking the, forgot about that show. Yeah, I couldn't take it. Like, the oh, first I thing, watched the whole thing. I couldn't. Like, I was oh completely. I don't know if it was the mood I was in. Yeah, or, that show was like unbreakable, 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 unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt meets the Get Down. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a really yeah. Like, it's over the top. Yeah, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is like... So, for anyone who doesn't know, this um, show, Bubblegum, is about this kind of... I don't even know, like, how old she's supposed to be in the show. Yeah. She's maybe, like, supposed to be, like, 19 or between 19 and 22, but, like, young, still living at home with her mom, who's ultra-religious. It's about this young black woman living in a housing project in London. She lives at home with her mom and her sister, who are both ultra-religious. She has never had sex, like, barely even kissed a boy, and it's about her sort of, like, um, weird naivete, but, like, at the same time, she's, like super inexperienced but has this desire to like have sex and be in love and um, yeah exactly and her ultra religious boyfriend when the show opens is obviously like a closeted closeted gay man who's just using her right to like have the appearance it's a beard of, yeah it's a beard exactly um i thought that show was super funny like it's really weird like i don't know that there's anything ever like it that yeah, that's, it caught me off guard yeah. so much the humor like, is really yeah. Unique. I think I was, I don't know what I was expecting in, I, I just haven't gone back to it, but I was like blown away by the first episode I saw. I was like, this is, I need to be in a place where I can like, I don't know. I wasn't ready for that. I, I don't know what I was expecting. So I haven't watched it, but I, I did dig it. So Yeah. That's a good one. I totally forgot about that, and I meant to bring it up. We should get Kaya to send us more sort of, like, remote pics. Oh, yeah. she's that, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, she's got the goods. Yeah. So you want to do uh, – should we step into the two-minute hot take? Yeah, man. Ring here? Let's do it. All right. I will – we set the clock for two minutes here. Uh, so the topic I want to give you for this week is um, sort of an au courant topic. Okay. Uh, I want you to give your opinion on the Electoral College. Oh, oh. wow. Okay. Um, <coughs> uh, let's see. Man, I'll tell you, it is, it's an opinion that is, you know, in light of what's just happened, fucking changed. 
Like, I, to be honest with you, I've, I've, for the most part, I've always been kind of okay with it because I've believed in, you know, allowing places like North Dakota to get three votes in places like New Hampshire to get three votes. And even though there's nobody fucking there, you know what I mean? Like it's part, you're part of the country. Like you're part of the, you know, you're, you should be allowed to have your, have your say. Um, but I think the part of it that is recently like come to light is that there's shit like, you know, Nebraska, a state like that where they they, ne- they don't necessarily need to vote along the lines of the popular vote, right? So they can go right. off the reservation yep. and vote however they please. So there's it's it's an antiquated system that is, that in short it's an antiquated system that does not fucking work anymore, and it, it needs to be blown up and fucking rethought. It's not working. Does not fucking work. It has to go. Got it. Wow, that was less than two minutes. That was a minute and a half. Nice. Good. Well, shit, man. Caught me off guard there. <laughs> Wasn't expecting some serious shit like that. Um. I mean, I kind of. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. Can we? Can I just fire it back at you and do a two minute take from you on it, or is that weak? I think that's weak. I mean, I'll tell you my quick response is my friend uh, and a listener of the show, Pascal, did the calculation and figured out based on population versus number of electoral votes that in a state like Texas compared to someplace like Nebraska, where uh, when you compare the population that in Texas – it was three, three, 3.1 votes end up counting the same as a single vote in a place like Nebraska that ha- that hits the minimum. Really? Yeah. So basically, like, in a system where, where everyone thinks, like, my vote matters, well, your vote matters a third as much in Texas as it does in Nebraska. Yeah. Right. So, and that's fucked. That I is think. fucked. You know, I'm not saying I, – I agree with you. I think we need to – find a way that these places have a say and have a voice, but at the same time, it's not really fair because someone lives in a populated area that their vote should count less when it comes to the electoral college, at least. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, for a while, one of the tactics that people were talking about was vote trading, um, where, like, if you, where you would vote, so if you were a Trump supporter, um, or say a Hillary supporter, whichever, and you were in a state that was going to get taken anyway, you would have somebody, you would trade your vote for someone else. So if you had a friend that lived in another state, basically you would vote in proxy for them in a state where it could be a swing state Hmm. and in favor of swapping some bullshit to try and fucking work around it. Um... All right, so I'm going to stick with um, I'm going to stick a little bit with the um, political theme as well, um, and but on a, on a slightly lighter note, let me get my get me <laughs> my timer up here, and um, curious to hear what um, 
your thought is on um, the role of um, the first lady in American culture. Wow. Your favorite, like your favorite, you know, maybe, and also like, is it, should she have a voice just because she's married to the president or shouldn't she? Or what do you think of it? What's, where, what's, where's the first lady's place? Go. Um, first of all, I, I think Michelle Obama was an amazing first lady, like one of the best ever. Yeah. You know, maybe not since, and it feels ironic to say this, not since like Nancy Reagan was that someone felt like they were sort of their own person and like had their own presence and their own thing going on. Um, it's funny because like I, I almost feel like because Hillary Clinton has done so much since she was the first lady, it's sort of like erased in my memory what she did. as, And I know she did a lot and that she was active and she's very uh, – a capable, ultra capable, amazing woman, but I, I can't really. Maybe because I was in fucking college at the time or something. <laughs> like, I, I just it's it's harder to remember her as a first lady for some reason. Yeah. Whereas, like, when you think of Nancy Reagan, like you say Nancy Reagan, all you think about is her as a first lady. And Hillary Clinton has like gone on both before and after her her political life and her pro- professional life encompass a lot. So I think it's harder to put in context or see her as, like, the first lady. Um, I think as far as, like, in general, should the first lady have, like, a role and get attention? Absolutely. But I also think that they should do something worthwhile. That they shouldn't, you know, they should do what people like Michelle Obama and Hillary Clinton and Nancy Reagan have done where they, like, come in and they look at what is it that America needs from a social social sort of standpoint. They're sort of like the so- softer, like more socially aware, active part of the presidency, and they generally bring that sort of touch to it. Um, you know, I feel like there's always like, they're always up, up about the kids or like protecting the kids or whatever, which, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> I wish the things that they did were more effective, though, in the end. Like, even the, like, move thing and all that stuff, like, I feel like they're getting bad advice or something, or it's just, like, they're given something that's sort of like a token initiative, but tackling it in a way that feels, addressing something that feels real, first of all, and what they actually need to do is go into the community and figure out what the community needs, not hand something down from Washington, like, onto the rest of the nation. And education would be a fine place for the next first lady to start because the education system is fucked. Oh, for sure. So bad. All right, man. Well, cool. You're over. Um, But surprisingly, shockingly, fucking, what's the matter? You you got nothing to say about fucking Jackie L? No. Doesn't even know. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) Did she have a fucking thing? Other than just being hot and being, like, incredibly fashionable. I think her thing was to be, like, the ultimate wife. You know, like, oh, the thing where she gave, yes, like, tours of the White House where she sounded like like a perfectly pristine sort of zombie or whatever. I don't right. know. Some of that stuff was kind of weird. But oh, it's what was expected at the time, I think. Yeah. She, she was just, like, 
reflecting back what the culture wanted. Yep. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I wonder what the fucking next one's going to be. Like, Ooh, I think it's going to get real weird. <laughs> Dude, I Real know. quick. It's hard, you know, when I was coming here, like, thinking about doing... Because this is obviously our first episode since the election. It's so hard. Like, it's not our place, really. Like, I definitely don't want to be talking fucking politics, but it's almost impossible yeah. not to have it on your head, you know? For sure. All right. So, first lady, next first lady, what's her name? Ivanka? Yep. Ivanka Trump. Man, I think it's kind of cool that she. Uh, did you see that thing? I don't know if this is real or not, but I think it might be a Photoshop thing or a meme where Michelle Obama's holding up a sign that says, My job was, uh, my, I'm being replaced by an immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> no, are you serious? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man, fucking Michelle is so fucking badass, man. Yeah. And uh, we might never have a first lady again that's like has no. the upper arm definition of Michelle Obama. Hot. Yeah. She's so hot. Um, we should not go too much. No, I'm thinking if you've got any, longer. any final recos, we'll, we'll wrap, wrap this I'll bad do, boy. I'll do my, um, I'll do my, um, my issues with closure, um, to, um, go back to, uh, last and one of if it wasn't last episode, it was one before. We had a big, um, big boner for the new streaming service, Filmstruck. Okay, which is the um, so the um, the agreement with Criterion and Hulu has come to an end. Right. So Criterion is no longer available on Hulu. Criterion partnered with Turner Classic Movies and created a new streaming service called Filmstruck. Um, you subscribe to Filmstruck for... Does it look like Films Truck when you put it in the browser? Films Truck? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it doesn't work. Like, it's films, like, and then I think it's like, it's one word, but with a capital T. You know, it's, it's poor naming, honestly. Um, but, um, so the service itself is, um, curated... So you get um, sort of the Robert Osborne feel okay. from TCM, um, and you get sort of the um, like collection chunks from Criterion, like the Masters, where they'll do like you know they'll do like French New Wave, or they'll do you know whatever they'll do different topics, and you so you get served up every um, I think it's every I don't know like every month and a half or so they'll they refresh their whole thing is that's what they're claiming that they'll do anyway what i will tell you is that they're having fucking problems they've been off of the ground for probably three weeks now or so Uh um and they do not have an apple tv app Hmm. which is fucked which makes zero fucking sense they have an ios app um, okay. so you got to airplay it or something like that, but it fucking crashes constantly. So they're having major startup problems. Huh. Um, it'll get ironed out. These are two, like, BMF. they're yeah. enormous. They're huge. They're every, every, a bunch of people just got fired and they just hired a bunch. I'm sure. I mean, I'm making this up, but I, I know how this shit usually goes down is it's like whoever developed the app, they're like, you fucking idiot. 
do you realize that this is fucking Ted Turner? Right. You're, you're fired, and let's go hire the best whoever the fuck and rebuild this thing and get it working. Yeah, so in, in two weeks, it'll be – or a month, it'll be smooth as shit. But I'm sorry to report at this time, it's like – it's kind of a piece of shit. Hmm, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, so maybe in a few weeks, go check oh, out. Oh, I'm sure I'll have film struck and Yeah, I'll, I'll report back once it. it's up and running. Criterion has been adding a lot of really good stuff recently. Dude, they just had their 50, like they did their 50% off at Criterion, and then they followed up a week later with their their kind of Barnes & Nobles one that they do. Um, Yeah, and I got fucking hit hard because they did Blood Simple, um, which oh. they've never done. Yeah, and so that hurts. And their art, like um, their art, is so good. I just you just can't stop buying these fucking things. It's fucking crack. Right on. All right. Well, let's end it there. All right. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks as always to the lovely Kaya Fisher, both for the audio engineering assistance and also for the remote recommendation this week. Um, we will be back next week, and hopefully you will tune in. Cool. See everybody.